What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. This is the In This League Fantasy Podcast Network. In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Online at InThisLeague.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Interact and follow the show on Twitter at InThisLeaguePod. Now, here's your hosts, Bogman and the Welsh. Hey, what's up? It is episode 233 of the In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Thought I would switch up the speed and nope. the, the tones nope. there. No? <laughs> it was really weird. Whatever you did, don't well, I did do it. it. You know why? Because... because- it was strange. It's, well, it's because people listen at like 1.5, so I thought I'd really mess with them, where I'm like, <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? What are we talking about here? Little little Gary Cole, isn't his name? You know, Lumberg? Hey, Peter. What's, what's happening? happening? Just watched uh, that movie Blockers, and Oh, he's in was it, it as bad as it looks? No, it's actually, I mean, it was bad, but it had its <laughs> moments. But oh. the best moment was, I believe his name is Gary Cole, just... Deep boning Gina Gershon, just oh, I balls like that. Deep in Gina Gershon, yeah. Wait a minute, is Gina Gershon the one that played? Um, yeah, the 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 Deadpool, little chicken Deadpool. Is that the one? No. Which uh, one is that? No. The UFC chick. What? Look, there's oh. a porn star named Gina Gershon, and that's the only one I can. Think I know of who you're talking about. You're talking about the wrestler. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's her name? Not the um. Let's see, Gina. UFC. Let's see if that pops up. Oh, Gina Carano. Garo- Gina Carano. Carano. Yes, yes. Yeah. Type in Gina Gershon. You'll you'll be ashamed of yourself for not immediately being like, oh, Gina. Well, I'm Gershon. telling you, there's a porn star, and her name is yeah. yeah. It and might be Tina Gershon. And it's you probably and she uh, look, go type in Gina Gershon, and she probably picked that name because she's going off of Gina Gershon. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yep. I, she was in uh, what's that stupid show with Pete Holmes? Uh oh. Uh, mm, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's a, yeah, a fantastic yeah. scene where he she's went to like, her house to do cocaine and yeah. then, and she uh, like she wants him upset. to do things, and he's like, yeah, mm. he wouldn't do them, and then yeah. she got pissed off and yeah. said, "Get the hell out of here." Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So Gary Cole, and and who was giving it to her? Um, is his name Gary Cole Lumberg? Oh, Lumberg. Lumberg. Okay. Hey, Peter, what's happening? Wait, I did say that. It's Lumberg. It is Gary Cole. God, <clears throat> yeah, Gary Cole and Gina Gershon playing the hypersexual parents that are talk to their kids about sex and uh, they look in a window and Gary Cole is just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I watched. Uh, how did we get there? I don't Oh yeah. The, so it was the tones. I was changing the tones to mess up the 1.5 people on the episode yes. today. 
We got a lot to talk about. We've got Steve Gardner. What an what an intro for Steve to anyone <laughs> listening. All the people that are like, oh, I'll listen to this just for you know, very well established and well respected uh, uh, Steve Gardner. And I'm like, Gary calls deep is. balls boning uh, Gina Gershon. It's great. <laughs> It's totally good. It's what In This League's all about. Uh, we're going to talk with uh, Steve Gardner about some stuff and things, and we're going to kind of intertwine these because the All-Star the All Star game is, like, next week. It's a, yeah. week, from to- a week from today. One week. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Why are you saying what, what way? And we Where have got go? next week, or this next episode, but we are not going to be doing a next Monday episode. That's going is to it be... a Monday or is it a Wednesday episode? It's a Wednesday. Well, we're going to do this Wednesday one. Wednesday. Yes, we're going to do this Wednesday. And then, then we're, we're not going to do Sunday. The sun. Oh, okay, the Sunday going into Monday. Okay, yeah. I got Does it. Does that sound right? And then we'll come back like the day before baseball starts back up, and we'll talk about stuff and things. You're right. Yeah. First and second we'll, half. We'll so. do stuff. No one's going to listen to us on the Monday when the Home Run Derby is No, it Monday would be our Monday, least so. listened to episode, so we are going to uh, not do one on that day. But uh, if you are jonesing, you can listen to other stuff that we do. You can Hey, you could join up with the Army. You could put your money where your mouth is, even though your mouth isn't really anywhere, especially uh, in you know, near us. Where is this going? I mean. nope, stop. Uh, but okay. you know what I mean. You, if you enjoy <laughs> us and you're like, man. Man, I miss those guys. We got 30-plus of a backlog of secret comedy shows. We've also got the football pod. I got Prospect One. I just did a badass episode last week with uh, Eric Longenhagen on the J2 International class. So there is plenty of it. But what I'm did leading you, up did to... Did you do a bunch on how the Diamondbacks don't sign their picks? No. We, well, what's so odd... I mean, no one would understand this, and, and hopefully no one understands it, because then it shows what uh, amazing radio podcast professionals we are. I feel like mm. we haven't done a show for like three weeks. I know, man, because we did ours one day early. We did last week. One, day <laughs> one day early. Early. And it's like, oh my God, I, like this episode, I'm like, oh my God, we're going to have so much to cover. We you know, know, I'm putting it on here, and you're like, why did you put all of this crap yeah, on here? We this, can't go over all of this. It's all so old. But like, yeah. there's a couple episodes we did kind of early. Like, so Prospect One, I had recorded with Eric, like, on Tuesday, you know, before that Friday. So we didn't even have the news of some of the, the first round picks not being signed or anything like that, but we just talked international stuff. But yeah, cause I went up North for a little vacation, um, with, uh, some birthdays for the wife and the daughter. So like one day early, but there were a couple shows that record. I mean, we haven't recorded in like four or five days. So right. like, we're back on the mic. It's very strange. It yeah. is. Yeah. Very, All I did strange. was work in the ridiculous heat. Uh, it was literally was it? 119 degrees the other day. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and last night I went to go get food. I, I came home a little bit early and then I got hungry like around 11 now yeah. and I went to go get food and it was 103 degrees out at 11 o'clock. So it's not great. It is, uh, it's, uh it's hot, not good, but what uh, is going down and probably on people's minds not necessarily from the fantasy, but guess what? We're going to spin it, is the All-Star game. The All-Star rosters have been announced. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. But when Steve joins us, something I want to do is we're going to talk about the first half fantasy All-Stars. And that's always an interesting, fun conversation because you've got, you know, maybe the guys that are performing at the highest levels versus the players that had, you know, little to no draft investment that are performing at huge high levels. And uh, kind of... uh, you know, where does the vote go? Do you, do you go with the tried and true? Do you go with the player that you took in the first round that's performing as a first overall? Or do you go with a guy that went, you know, maybe as an undrafted free agent and is performing as a top 50? So 
I have put some nominees on here. And uh, we are going to have Steve choose from these. And maybe if he wants to write in, he can write in. And then I was thinking maybe in the, the, the listener episode, the Thursday episode, maybe we could uh, put some polls out beforehand, Poll. some voting, and people could do some write-ins if they want and uh, you know, build the ultimate fantasy all-star roster. Uh, we, we'd have to get to it before Mark Otto gets to it. Yeah, uh, I know. Otto I wonder where Mark Otto got that. Poland, I wonder where Mark Otto got effort, that idea he? from. Yeah, to put us on the tweets and uh, and then Spore. I mean, I don't even bother anymore I mean, because it's smart because I mean he retweet. You know, Spore makes one comment and it gets seven hundred votes. Well, that's why I don't even you know. bother anymore. Like, you know, right? You, you, like Mark, you can just not put us on there unless you just want to give us some credit. But these polls are just about Spore. Like, I not. <laughs> here's my favorite thing. Here's my favorite thing about all of those is someone did the bit. Is this even a question? And Spore has like one comment, and everyone just gets on their knees and just gobbling. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, Spore said something. I, that, none of that happened. All of so, that happened. Uh, none, none of that happened. Uh, everyone J- bows Jacob down. Spore says who, one who thing. Likes to argue. Listen, Jacob Doyle, who likes to argue with people, I've seen him giving it to Chris Towers. Uh, he looked at it, and he he even admitted. He was like, ah, I looked at this at first glance, and I probably shouldn't have said that. Right. So, uh, but but uh, no one out. I don't think anyone came rushing to Spore's defense. Uh, but yeah, I mean, very very uh, uh, unique bit that uh, Marcado has uh, putting out polls and putting us in Spore on it. Lot, uh, lots of polls. So it was a good we one. Have to, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'd have to get to it before Mark does. Is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, I, and I don't know if we can. So uh, if we don't do any more polls on the show, just know it's because Bruce Cagle killed it the first time and then Mark Otto uh, dug a hole and buried it <laughs> in because he's just stealing all of the ones that we could possibly do. So thank you, great listeners. Uh, you have destroyed he, the bit. I mean, that one was, you know, Francisco Lindor versus Mookie Betts. That I don't know if that's one. for a fantasy show. Ours are usually way more obscure, yeah. right? Yeah. Like Paul Gold. They're usually versus, like uh, Jesus Aguilar versus actual Jesus. Yeah. So mm, it's be close ours because that close. dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that dude has 22 homers now. Bogus. He will not stop hitting homers. Nobody <laughs> the Jesus. <laughs> Nobody. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, All Star game. Let's talk about that for a minute. The All Star rosters have been chosen and. Uh, I don't care, but we will talk about them in the first place. I just, you know, I don't know, it's always laughable to me with the voting. But let's see how it went down for a minute. It's your I favorite actually, thing, I think, right? It's the my, game vote? 100% my least favorite thing. My favorite thing is going to become when, the, who I don't even know if they've announced it yet, the final five when they do the the voting. You know, like, ooh, yeah, get this last they guy have, in. And it's, uh, I can tell you the winners right now. Okay, well, hold on. Let, let's let's okay. go with the rosters first. I don't even know them, by the way. I haven't even looked. That's how much I don't care. Uh, first base, AL, Jose Abreu, NL, Freddie Freeman. Is first base oh. right in the AL? I'm not sure if that's right. That's probably, uh, probably right. not. I think the best first baseman in the AL is... Well, no, it is Jose Abreu. By oh no, that's that's uh, I'm looking at preseason ranks. Mm-hmm. Actual ranks do is uh, E five. Even though he's hitting two twenty, is the AL first base situation the NBA East in the NBA? You know what I mean? Like, oh God, it is. It like, is. It's bad. I'm looking at the top twenty five here. The first guy that pops up in the AL, like I said, is E five. This is on Yahoo. Uh, even though he's hitting 227. These are bad. And then Matt the Olson. next one is Matt Olson, Matt who's Olson. hitting 239. After that is Yuli Gur- Guriel, who's hitting 303. 
but he only has six homers. It's bad. It's a bad situation. So you know what? Yeah. Hey, the best they could have chosen was chosen. Um, what do we got? Second base, Jose Altuve for the AL, and the NL is Javier Baez. I like I that. The Braves fans were upset it wasn't obvious, but come on. Like, Baez is too Baez is incredible. I like that. Okay, so both are fine, though. Um, I mean, Altuve hit a ball one time. That's fine. Third base, uh, I mean, these are obvious. Jose Ramirez for the AL, Nolan Arenado for the NL. Both make sense. Jose Ramirez, next level shortstop. Manny Machado for the AL and Brandon Crawford for the NL. (laughs) (laughs) Let's look at that. What is that mess about? I mean, how is that? That's just Giants fans. Francisco Lindor. I mean, look, they're both having great years. Oh, that's funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're picking apart the A. 100%. The AL is 1,000% wrong. But, um, I mean, Brandon Crawford also looks kind of stupid. I mean, uh, probably Trevor Story, right? He's hitting 282 with 16 bombs and 11 uh, swipes. I don't know. You know, maybe Trey Trey Turner Turner in there. Trey Turner got 22 stolen bases, 11 homers hitting 282. That's pretty good. Brandon Crawford hitting 300. 10. Let's see. Let's compare these guys out for a minute. Um, I know it's, and, and by the way, I'm well aware before I start getting comments, I'm well aware that the um, also rosters are not just fantasy offensive based, but Brandon Crawford hit, yeah, they hit 300. That's more <laughs> than Story and Turner. That's fine. Runs. Brandon Crawford has 39. Turner has 54 and Story has 44. Homers. Crawford has 10. Turner has 11 and Story has 16. Okay. Uh, RBIs. Crawford has 39. Turner has 37. Story has 60. Stolen bases. Ooh, Crawford has three. Um, Trey Turner has 22. And Trevor Story has 11. And Brendan Crawford is your starting shortstop for the NL. Okay. Uh, Outfield for the AL. This looks right. Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Aaron Judge. Yeah, I mean, as long as J.D. Martinez is in there, DH, that's good. Look how just gross this is overall. In the NL, Nick Markakis, of course. Matt Kemp, of course, and Bryce Harper. Ha! Okay, we'll just we'll just save all the comments. <laughs> what, what 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 was that? I just, I just like how like how like it, I mean obviously it's 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 the voting thing. It's well, stupid. Harper. Well, I mean Harper Harper's still horrible. isn't hor. No, he's he's hitting two nineteen, I mean, really which is good. bad. I Everything know. else is good. Fifty five runs, twenty one homers, fifty RBI, six stolen bases. Like yeah, I mean the batting average is horrific. It is, but I mean he, it's like really bad. It, the you know the All Star Game is also in DC. No, no, so. no. I mean, like, there's no way that he wasn't getting voting. So again, right? Totally, yeah. uh, ridiculous. Uh, catcher uh, Wilson Ramos for the AL and Wilson Contreras. What is Contreras? Say? I mean, I don't know about the catchers. Like Ramos is fine, but Contreras until recently yeah. has been fairly bad. I mean, he is hitting 287, but he only has seven bombs. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Probably should have been real Muto, right? Just anybody else, yeah. Uh, designated hitter, J.D. Martinez for the AL. AL pitchers, we've got Bauer, Berrios, Chapman, Cole, Edwin Diaz, Hap, Joe Jimenez, Greg, Craig Kimbrell, Corey Kluber, Chris Sale, Luis Severino, Blake Trinan, and Justin Verlander. Who's in we after. got our Tiger in there, Joe Jimenez, because Green is hurt. Yeah. And I'm going <laughs> to let you do the reserves here for a minute. NL pitchers, oh, Patrick Corbin, Bogman. Yeah, uh, Jacob DeGrom, who's incredible. Sean Doolittle, Fultonevich, Josh Hader, Brad Hand, Kenley Jansen, and a lot of relievers. John Lester, Miles My- Mikolas, Aaron Nola Scherzer, and Felipe Vasquez, formerly known as Felipe Rivero. 
Um, Felipe uh, Lannister. Yeah. Um, oh, real quick on the reserves, I just want to throw out a couple. You've got AL, you got Glaber Torres, Alex Bregman, Lindor, obviously. Sinsu Chu, who's been incredible, Mitch Hanniger, Springer, Nelson Cruz, Mitch Moreland, uh, Salvador Perez. And on the NL reserves, you've got Buster Posey and Real Muto. Apparently, they're going to have three catchers. Goldie, Votto, Albies, Jeanette, uh, Suarez, Story, Blackman, Kane, and Yelich. I mean, most of it looks good, but there are some snubs for sure. And Oh, yeah, let's get um, the snubs. Stark pointed out uh, um, a couple. Actually, this is Scott Miller. Um, Charlie Morton, Blake Snell, Jed Lowry. Wow, Max Blake Snell. That Munson. didn't even hit me. Absolutely, Blake, Blake Snell, Snell. Biggest snub. Oh, my God. Who made it for the race, if not Blake Snell? Who, it was Ramos. Um, um, yeah, you're, yeah. Oh, my God. Really? He, I mean, Wilson Ramos is having a good year. Okay, so. but looking at this, I, I'm confused. Okay, they're saying <laughs> Justin Verlander is inactive, right? I don't know. But, I mean, Blake Sn- I don't know. I'm just like, how does <laughs> Joe Jimenez, and I understand how he gets in because they have to have someone on the team. It should have been Shane Green, but Shane Green got hurt. But just, so. how do you not get Blake Snell on this team? You got to get Blake. I mean, and, and that's the point that that Jason Stark makes is uh, eliminate the every team needs and all sorts. Well, because or, or Bri- how about just like expand the roster? Brios you know? and and Jimenez and um, Hap they're they're causing Blake Snell to not be on. Okay, so sorry I interrupted you. Max Muncie was a snub. Who else? Max Muncie, James Paxton, Trey Turner, Jesus Aguilar. Hmm. Uh, those guys all did not make the All Star team. So. Okay, so final vote candidates candidates here. Uh, we have got for the AL Benintendi, Rosario, Segura, Simmons, and Stanton. So this will Stanton. come down to Stanton or Benintendi. Nah, Stanton wins. I mean, Stanton does win. I, okay, I agree. The I NL. mean, it's not not because I think he should win or whatever. It's because he will win. Yeah. He'll well, win. the and this is funny. I know what you mean here when you say you already know the winners. Uh, the NL it's Jesus Aguilar, the Jesus. Brandon Belt, Max Carpenter, Max Muncie, and the winner will be Trey Turner because nope. it's the winner will be Brandon Belt. Um, oh, because of the Giants fans? The Giants. Yeah, that's how Brandon Crawford got in. Um, Brandon Bell. So. I want to agree with you, but, I mean, like, it being where it is, how does Trey Turner not win I think he, uh, Dude, I think he's last. I don't, I think, uh, on well, this think, list. Well, and look, all these dudes are having great years. I'm not, uh, hating Brandon Belt because he's a draft neck idiot that plays for the Giants. God, this is I such a am, neck. I'm hating on him because Max Muncy is, has been incredible. Well, hey, he's nuts. Should probably win it, and Trey Turner has been awesome, and Matt Carpenter after that first you know month or whatever has been incredible. So all these dudes are having great years, but Brandon Belt will win it because the Giants fans vote more than anybody else. Yeah, it's just goofy, it, especially the whole, when they're good. I and and people wonder. I, I just don't like the process because fans are idiots and they just sit there and losers sit there and just go every day. And sorry if you're doing it, you're not a loser. They're the loser. <laughs> but like, but people will go there. Like I saw people be like, "Hey, I voted for you like 1,200 times." Be like, "Oh my." God, dude! Like, how about leave your house? You need to like. How many? How many All Star Game ballots have you cast, Welsh? Zero, zero shares. Zero shares on a single vote. I'm not gonna vote on that. I shouldn't be voting. I I don't. I used to vote when I when I would go to the All Star Games. I would vote, but I wouldn't vote 1,200 times. I and do a couple votes, do four or five. You know what? They should only allow it like at the stadium. That's it. <laughs> only okay. you have to go to a game. They're they're trying to they're trying to do blackouts and everything like that. Why don't you get people to the stadium? That's the only pre-internet place that you can days. Either you have to go to the game or you have yeah. to physically. Starbucks Day. You don't even have to buy a ticket. You just come use our uh, Wi-Fi. 
<laughs> and vote. That's it. That's what I want. Yeah, they could do like poker. You know how you, you can't play poker unless you're in the Vegas uh, vicinity? Yeah. That's how yeah. they could do that. So all-star game, whatever. Those are the rosters. What 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 is the most offensive snub to you? What's the most offensive thing, actually? Blake Snell, but then is it more offensive than a guy that made it? No, I think control? I think okay. most of the guys that made it are are deserving, right? I mean, who's the guy that didn't deserve? Maybe Joe Jimenez. I gotta be honest with you. I look at this NL starting roster and I'm just like, this is gross. They're better than I'm giving them credit for, but like, it's like Brendan Crawford, Nick Markakis, Matt Kemp, Javier Baez, Wilson Contreras, and you go over to AL and it's like Altuve, Ramirez, Machado, Betts, Trout, Judge, JD Martinez. Like, okay. AL's going to win it. At least it doesn't count this time. That's what's important. For I mean, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think that the the rosters have too much bearing. It's whatever pitcher winds up being bad that day, right? If yeah. it's, uh, you know, Scherzer will start for the NL because it's in Washington and he's the best pitcher. And then who's going to start for the AL? I don't know. Pro- Some guy. Hopefully, oh my God, dude! Severino? What if it's Trevor? What if it's Trevor Bauer? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's got it's a Kluber sale, right? Got, uh probably Kluber. Yeah, yeah. So. God, not Bauer. What if it's I, Trevor you know Bauer? Many, you have any Trevor Bauer questions <laughs> I've been getting lately? We gotta talk about him here in just a little bit. The whole process is nuts and ridiculous. But when Gardner comes on, let's cast our vote. Or really, we're going to get the Steve Gardner casted uh, all-star fantasy voting, and then we'll do it in the next episode. All right, there is stuff and things to talk about. More trade looming, players coming up, weird bands that apparently aren't bands. Let's go talk about it right now. It's in this league. Got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what they used to make. In this league. I'm the smartest guy in the world. Says who? IQ test you took in prison. Brought to you by Carl Jr. All right, so much to talk about. So little time. And we got all the time in the world, but how long are we going to be here? We can't get back to doing two-hour episodes. Do people know that? That that ITL episodes used to only be two hours. Like, yeah, that's but all there was also did. one. There was one, but they would sometimes there pass into There could be only one. They'd, they'd pass into like 2.15, and, pe- and people were like, you know what we're really good on podcasts? Hour long. We're like, eh, okay. <laughs> so uh, we just split it and made ourselves look good. Um, lots of stuff. Kyle Tucker was uh, called up to the majors. In the minors, he's the Astros outfielder who I covered him a bunch in the Arizona Fall League because he was really interesting. In 17, it was, he had a, like, he's had this really weird career. So when he was a rookie in 2015, stole all these bases, hit for bad average. Next year, stole more bases, bettered his average. The following year in 17, he kind of sold out his average for power, and his stolen bases kind of came back a little bit. Uh, Eno and I talked to him at the Fall Stars game, and he had mentioned how, you know, he was just he was just getting the work in. He was just trying to improve every day, getting the work in. We didn't care about results because he had a poor Arizona Fall League. This year, it, it's all come together. Stolen bases have continuously come down, though, but he's hitting over 300, 14 homers. I suspect... As he becomes a full-time Astro, the stolen bases will all but diminish. And we'll be looking at a player that will, um, you know, he's going to be a 280 to 300. I think he's going to need time to adjust, but he's probably a must-own player at this point. Yeah, I mean, especially being dropped into that offense, no matter where he hits. Yeah. That's uh, that's a really good spot to be in. Yeah, it's interesting to, to see him out there. So, you know, I mean, most likely there's no opportunity you know, for uh, fab or pickup or anything like that as we're talking to you. But I do think 
he would be a guy that I would be trying to trade for. I think the the luster might have come off a little bit. Now that he's not a prospect and he's up, and if he's not performing early, I'd actually be interested in trying to get him thrown into trades if uh, that were possible. A lot of trade talk. Speaking of trades. Right? Yeah, is looming around baseball. I feel like every episode we have this Manny Machado conversation. All I want to mention here is now there are every team in baseball involved. And I think it was Ken <laughs> this Rosenthal. This is what they want, too. And yeah, this, this is exactly. what I This is what I said. Like, if you wait until the, the deadline, which I don't think they will. I think we're still on the this needs to happen soon because he is a rental player. But now seven teams are in it, and yesterday they said the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks are the most aggressive. Now it's the Dodgers and the Brewers the most aggressive. Yep. That changes day to day. And the Phillies just said they're asking prices ridiculous well, and we're out. there's a rumor also floating around that the Orioles turned down a package of Alex Verdugo and Yadier Alvarez from the uh, Dodgers. And uh, Yadier Alvarez is well, not. What the are prospect. the Diamondbacks going to offer that's better than that? By the way, they're not. I mean, right. they, they would have to be giving up uh, John Duplantier. They, what? Here's how they would have to counter that. They would have to give up Duplantier and then another high, high prospect. You know what I mean? Like they'd have to give up. I mean, I don't think Paven Smith would Paven work. Smith. Dalton Verishow or Christian Robinson, something like that. But here's the, the deal. What it seems to be is that these guys want major league talent and maybe a prospect they don't want a prospect heavy package i mentioned this earlier and i think you kind of i don't know if you scoffed at it you said yeah, i lamb. just don't think that would happen yeah yeah i know uh, jake lamb and something else it has to be lamb they probably want lamb and duplantier that's probably yeah. it and the the orioles if they are balking at this what they're balking at is okay verdugo is essentially a major league player not really but alvarez isn't getting it done that guy's his luster has kind of come off as a former future ace. You know, the the Orioles probably want a guy like Dennis Santana or, you know, I mean, they're probably ridiculously asking for a guy like Bueller. Everyone has said the cost is too high. It will come down. A trade is going to get done. I have a hard time believing that this is true because if the Orioles could get Verdugo for essentially what is a rental, I mean, he's gone. Machado is gone. The one constant is the Dodgers here. So the Dodgers right. could be the ones, but as, as everything I've read, it's about money, and that's where you look at a team like the Diamondbacks or the Brewers that could really like make that happen. You know what I mean? They, they've both got the prospects that they could just package a couple, and they've also got some young major league talent that they could send over. Where What's I don't the think best th spot for fantasy for him to end up in? Because Atlanta's getting into this, too, for Machado. <sighs> I don't know. Isn't it Atlanta? Is it it? It, I, it might be Atlanta, it, I, but I still think it might be Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I the Humidor thing just hasn't here. proven itself enough. I mean, they scored 20 runs the other day. Yeah. So, I mean, it was against the Padres, yeah, you get the to, most in franchise history. You get to play Colorado a whole bunch. You know, that would yep. be uh, a nice benefit. Arizona's still a hitter's park, regardless of whatever the Humidor situation is. Um, I mean, San Diego and... Um, L.A. are not exactly, like, super hitter-friendly. Uh, Milwaukee but, has most wins in the NL. They have pretty good offense, too. So. I, I would say... You know what? I'm, is there one that like stands out to you as, as positive? Far as, no. Yeah. I think the Dodgers uh, yeah, might either. be a less though. I think the Dodgers might be the least of them. Okay. That's my kind of take on it. But I don't know. I, I, I still have no idea. I'm gonna still in not as much homerism, but there is a homerism to it. I'm gonna say that I think the Diamondbacks are the ones that make this end up happening. I think they'll pay the most money and mm you'll throw in a situation where they'll give up a couple prospects where a team like the Dodgers don't want to take on the money. If they're going to give up a player like Verdugo. God, I hope you're right. Wouldn't that be great? 
for us, it'd be awesome. Machado. Oh, yeah, be awesome. God. Everyone, everyone listening to this hopes it does not happen. No, no, no one Because that's that. what the next episode will be completely The about. whole thing. It'll, so be, it'll like, be a special episode. Manny Machado. Manny Machado. What a wonderful phrase. What a wonderful trade. Yeah. Now, yeah. See, lo- looking uh, at this. It's uh, our the, lineup, see. <laughs> Braves are. With Goldie. Manny <laughs> oh Machado. God. All right. Uh, the, the Braves are six in runs. The Dodgers Manny are seven. Uh, the Diamondbacks are 12th, and the Brewers are 17th mm. in runs produced this season. Okay. So, so same with the Braves. Uh, maybe Atlanta is the best. The Yankees, got a lot of stuff about the Yankees. Uh, they're interested in Zach Britton, Brand, uh, Brad Hand, and Mike Musakis to potentially play first. But my favorite piece of Yankees trade news is they are not expected to trade for Matt Harvey because of the, quote, potential circus. Okay. And that was from Heyman. Okay. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, that's hysterically the dumbest comment I've ever seen. Like, okay, so the Yankees, <laughs> Harvey's too much. Well, we're going to bring on, like, known cheaters, and we're going to have a lot. Not Harvey, though. We're not going to have Harvey. <laughs> uh, okay. I think the Mustakis one is the most likely. Um, the, the He's been playing first base. I think it's obviously kind of a, you know, they're shopping him. They, I mean, just like uh, Machado, they got to get him out of here. He's a rental. He's not going to come back. I think he. I think it was an open agreement. He's going to come back for one year, come back home, and try to get that big contract. The Royals are not in the position to do it. I think Mustakis is 100% getting traded to the Yankees, which absolutely boosts his value. I got some shares, which I'm excited about. And Mustakis would be a guy, if you could get in early, I would. Britain and Hand, they don't mean it. I mean, Britain is just not getting that job anywhere. And Hand... I think we've always kind of expected, you know, he's going to lose that role. But I would say if any of these guys are going to the Yankees, it's Moustakis. A couple others, the Phillies and Brewers interested in Witt Merrifield. I think Mer- I think Witt is uh, a Brewer waiting to happen. Uh, I, yeah, you know what? I, I think he would fit really well there. And yeah. uh, and that, I mean, both both spots, Phillies and the Brewers, make sense for him. Just get him out of Kansas City. I think the Brewers is a, is a, I don't know, to me that's a, it just fits. It just fits. Yeah, exactly. Like, just, even though Valar is kind of that guy. In too. that uniform. I, I get you. Yeah. I get uh, Red too. Sox interested in Fernando Rodney. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, that <laughs> destroys his value, and Addison Reed is a player that you need to be picking up. But I would think the Red Maybe. Sox would probably get Reed before they get Rodney. And the Mets are expected to hold on to Jacob deGrom and Noah Syndergaard, which I think is a, a duh situation. Yeah, even I mean— why were those? We guys talked about like anyway. we talked about like they could reshuffle their organization if they yeah. did it, but they won't. I think that the one thing that maybe we didn't agree on, I can't remember, but uh, what I was saying is, if you're going to trade one of them, trade both of them. And just yeah, them that's what you said. Yeah, I, I was like, well, no, I just trade. I trade one of them. Uh, some other notes, just to blast through. You put this up here. This is great. Chris <laughs> Davis passes Cal Ripken Jr.'s. Orioles strikeout record, and it only took Chris Davis 974 games. Ripken, just a notch over 3,000 of them. So congratulations, <laughs> Chris Davis. You are the worst baseball player of all time. It is funny. Like I've, I, I thought Chris Davis was having a, like a little bit of a resurgence because I've just seen his name pop up here and there a couple times. Yeah, before the show, Pogman's like, he's like, I think he's been doing a little bit better. I'm like, what's his But he's hitting 174 instead of 151. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, sure. He's been a little better, but not not much at all. Uh, Jeff Samarja, Steven Souza, Paul DeYoung, uh, Dylan Bundy, Carlos Carrasco, and Johnny Cueto all came off the disabled Mm. list this week. And Chris Archer coming back uh, today, Monday. Very excited. I got to get him in uh, the lineups here. Ronald Acuna, 
He was he got scratched and then he was oh, it was I think Friday and then I he only had one at bat. I didn't actually see what it was. I should look real quick because he was not going to play apparently and then he got one at bat in. I don't know. I guess it was a pinch hit. Must have been they, a pinch hit. They, yeah, they got they got beat pretty handily by uh Milwaukee today. So yeah, he pinch hit for uh Gohara. So, so that's a good sign for him. He was one back. for one. So yeah. he got the hit there. Um What's his Tyon thing? Because I want to talk about the other two and then get to Gardner. Uh, James Tyon was pissed after being pulled after 77 pitches. I, I just I thought it was an interesting story. You know, Tyon hasn't had a great year. And he even said, look, maybe it's just they don't have the trust in me here or whatever. But, you know, he was in the seventh inning with 77 pitches. And he had given up. A guy hadn't reached second for the entire game. And he gave up a hit. And then they pulled him. So it was pretty, uh, it was pretty wild. Clint Hurdle. So I, I don't know if that's something we should be concerned about as far as tie-on owners go for the rest of the year. I'm but, kind of uh, into pretty, selling him in Redraft. Pretty quick leash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a LOL moment. Uh, Henry Mejia had his lifetime ban lifted. He will be eligible at the beginning of the 2019 season, and his reinstatement is conditional. So let me pose a question. <laughs> the f*** is a lifetime ban if you can play and get it lifted, uh, I don't. What does I don't that get mean? Uh, I I don't get it. Uh, I guess it's uh, a lifetime ban until they decide that it's not a lifetime ban. He's the so. zombie of baseball players. He is dead and he's risen again. Is he Jesus? I don't know. I mean, it's super conditional, right? So I think he has to. It, it's either probably going to be once a week or twice a week. He has to do the blood test and, and all that stuff. But I mean, this ban. is a joke, like. Why Why is he even eligible to come back? He should not be in baseball anymore. It should Life, be over with. Right? Lifetime ban to me is not a subjective thing. It's like Pete Rose. You're done. You're done with baseball wholly and completely. Yeah, but like, yeah. How do you have a lifetime ban and then they're like. It's like getting a life sentence and getting out uh, for good behavior. In four what? years. It's 100%. It's like, okay, 25 uh, lifetime and then you're out in uh, yeah six years. Like What? That doesn't make any sense. Are we supposed to be happy for him? No. No, you had a lifetime ban. There's a reason you were lifetime banned. You did it. You did the wrong thing so much that they had to ban you forever. But guess what? There's no forever, apparently. So there's that. Uh, and of course, Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Bauer. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, he, he said he won't sign more than a one year deal because he made a bet with a friend that if he does, the friend gets to shoot him in the nuts. With a paintball gun from 10 feet away. All so. I want is for them to auction that thing up, that the that ability experience? to shoot him in the nuts. If oh he saw, God. this is what I want. This is all that I want. I, I will sort of go fund me. You bet you. I want Trevor Bauer to sign a, a multi year extension and then for his friend to put that up for auction. And I will sort of go fund me because <laughs> if I, I've never asked you guys for something like this, I need the support to be the person that gets to shoot Trevor Bauer in the nutsack. I would give anything for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? I'll just take the cash from the GoFundMe. I would so that's love why I'd rather that. do that than, than shoot Trevor Bauer in the nuts. I just, uh, I, I mean. Is it making the, him likable that he does these quirky things, or does you know it just funny? add to the annoyance of him? Is, uh, the other day in Group Me, we were talking about him, and I can't remember who said it. I think it was Robert Rose was like, is Bogman becoming a Trevor Bauer guy? Because I said, well, he's not a piece of shit. 
but I'd never want to hang out with him. Right. Like he's not a dude that I'd want to hang out with ever, but he's not a wife beater. No, 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 no. I mean, he's not. Yeah, exactly. He's not one of the horrible people. He's just you know what? He's a guy that doesn't hold a lot of lifetime lifelong friends. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Oh, well, not a piece of S. Man, that sounds like a bumper sticker. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Trevor Bauer, not a total piece of S. I mean, he's just um, he's annoying. And I imagine him to be very difficult to hold a friendship with. Uh, or a conversation, or um, anything. To be honest, and then with Jason you. Braun was like, "Why doesn't he just pay his his buddy ten grand?" And uh, yeah, now I'm going to sign a a long term uh, contract. And I I was thinking like, well, you know, I mean, Trevor Trevor Bauer is raised by a bunch of, you know, uh, around a bunch of white rich kids, so I'm sure they have ten grand. They'd rather shoot their friend in the nuts. No, so, but I mean, also, if the Indians are going to offer you a uh, hundred eighty million dollars, how about just get shot in the nuts with a paintball gun? Who cares? I mean, it's just. I, I know it's going to hurt real bad, but does it? Uh, I'll do it right now for five hundred dollars. So uh, <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't do five hundred dollars, but like yeah, I, I'll, I'll do it. Five hundred bucks. Five grand, you can shoot me in the nuts with a yeah, paintball yeah, gun. Uh, five hundred bucks and whatever appropriate tip on top of that, you think yeah, I'll do it? I, I got two kids. I got no use for these anymore, so I'm good. <laughs> you can. I mean, honestly, maybe, maybe I should I'll pay go someone. Freeze my sperm ahead of time. Maybe or I something. should. I don't have any. Kids, I should but. maybe pay someone to do it because it might take care of some situations. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think um, Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer is making corkiness really <laughs> like he's making it really obnoxious. Like, like corky is fun because it's different. When you know all these guys have these cooker cutter statements, they're all like, "Yeah, is he a team game?" Blah blah blah. And he's like um, imprinted himself different. He's the Eric Burns of pitchers, but not in the worst. Not as well. No, it's worse. But. Um, He's making. God, who, th- let me ask you that. Yeah. Who'd you rather hang out with for a cold oh. day? Would you rather hang out with Eric Burns oh. or Trevor Bauer? <laughs> get it? You got shot in the nuts with a paintball gun, <laughs> <laughs> or get shot in the nuts with a paintball? A paintball gun, hundred percent. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Eric Burns is insufferable. Trevor Bauer is the early stages of insufferable. Uh, no, I'd rather. Yeah, get I shot would in rather the nuts. hang out with Trevor Bauer. To be honest with you. Yeah, I, I mean, he's got cool toys. That's terrible. He's got cool toys. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would rather, I would hope he'd be doing some charity event or something, you know, where I wouldn't have to be around him the whole time. But uh, yeah, I, that that sounds that's an awful situation. Yeah, I don't think this helps. This is not one of those things. Like he did the cool like <laughs> donation thing and uh, all that, but like this whole like it's actually offensive. It's offensive to everybody else. Like I'm not signing that long year where I can be a rich man because I'm one year because of a of a of a bet. That's that whole like um, I don't know. It's yeah, just, but that'll never come to fruition. Like someone will offer him, you know, uh, this he's having an incredible year. If he keeps up for the second half, he's going to get a gigantic. You know what's going to happen, by the way? The, the minute he signs a multi-year extension, there are going to be people with paint guns just outside of everywhere he is, and he's just going. And there's going to be this epidemic, and there's going to be just mark no, this down it's right be now. Some big thing for charity, which is nice because he's a char- uh, charity guy. Oh my god, I uh-huh. would, I, I, if if he did the what's the water tank thing, but he did it where he's just Ice standing up. Challenge? No, no, you know where you throw the baseball and they're sitting on oh, the board and oh it dumps god, them in, me? but just put the target on his nuts and then have a paintball? I'm in oh. Arizona. Come back. Well, come to Arizona. I mean, we would make, uh, if he did that in Arizona for charity, like there would be no homeless people in Arizona. Like enough people would line the block. Miguel around. Montero alone would probably oh my donate hundred thousand. Take the first all right guys, I'm gonna take the first one hundred shots so everyone behind me. Oh 
man. Uh, we can dream. We can dream. All right, uh, <laughs> let's get to it. There's lots of other, obviously, to talk about, some some DL conversations. But here's the big thing for you to know is uh, send in your questions. Ballbag at inthisleague.com. Send it in for this week. The Thursday episode is going to be taking us into the All-Star break. If uh, whatever questions you have, first, second half, your All-Stars, that's one thing I want to get, who are your fantasy All-Stars. So send those in. We'll obviously talk more about it, but let's go talk to our dear friend, Steve Gardner. It's in this league. No one uh, asked you anything ever, so whomever's name is in this league. Why don't you take a letter opener and stick it in your skull? All right, one of our favorite people, but you know that because we say it every time, but we mean it. I can't tell you enough. He is Steve A. Gardner. Steve Gardner from USA Today. One of the best in the biz, and I promise you you'll never be disappointed when you're uh, either hanging around, reading, or listening to Steve. What is up, my friend? Hey, guys. What's shaking? It's all-star time. Yeah, I, was about, I thought you were about to do. It's so funny because we were talking about him. Or I thought I was going to get a Gary Cole like, hey, guys, what's happening? A little office space <laughs> moment. What's happening? They got. What? Speaking of which, by the way, Steve, aren't you doing some, some weekend duty at USA Today? So I'm going to need you to come in on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's the way you do it, man. It, you got to stay employed in this business. So mm-hmm. you do what you can, even if it means coming in on a Sunday. That's what we got to do. During football season, do they like set up like no work gets done ever, right? I mean, everyone's just watching football. Yeah, we got the uh, we got the direct TV package. So it's it's just fantastic. Yeah, I'm taking little notes, you know, on the football game. So Okay, so, at least I'm doing some work. That's what right. Counts. Yeah, that's that's uh, I'm I'm throwing up air quotes work. So can yeah. I come over to USA Today and work with you on Sundays? Yeah. Well, what I was like going to say is it just just a couple fellas talking here for a minute. <laughs> USA Today's policy on maybe some beer and some wings while those are going on. Does oh. it still work while you're watching the game? It's I mean, like the Red Sox locker room, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you, you can be John Lester, can't you? Um, we, we can, we can be Lester. Uh, we are like half of those, the half works, <laughs> the other half, not so much. Okay. All right. Just checking. Um, one of the very cool things that Steve gets a, a great advantage of just overall, always amazing coverage. And we, we've had fun moments over the years of just cool, random coverage you've had. Like I, I have the vivid memory of, I think talking to you, like coming right off the heels of Max Scherzer striking out the 20 and, you know, you get to go out too. All-Star Games, and you are going to be covering this year's All-Star Game. A couple years ago, I did an interview with Eno when he was like, you know, during batting practice at the All-Star Game. So I have an affinity to kind of talk about it. What uh, what are you excited for? What gets you kind of uh, motivated for the All-Star Game? Is Are you going to go down and interview players? Do you have any segments planned? What's your plan for the All-Star Game? What does USA Today have you doing? Yeah, that's um, first of all, it starts on Sunday, next Sunday with the uh, with Futures game, um, which I really oh. enjoy an awful lot because <laughs> to Welsh see those jealous. young players and everything um, in I the just, early stages of their career. I just don't know what to do, Steve. Like, I have got that. I, that's that's like a, it's a bucket list thing. Like me with prospects because I do the Prospect One show. I'm so into prospects. I get great coverage out here. The, how fun it must be to be stepping on that field with all of the just immense talent that's going to be the future. Like, do you, and that's always the empty game. Like, you could walk up and get a ticket to yeah. it. Yeah. Do you have like any memory of uh, past future games that you've been to and just kind of like hanging around any guys? And then all of a sudden now it's like, oh, yeah, that's how Jose Altuve now. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I'm trying to think um, if there are any of them that really stand out. 
um, off the field. I mean, some of the things that they've done on the field, um, uh, Brent Honeywell last year was outstanding. Uh, a couple years ago, Eloy Jimenez, nobody hardly knew of him, and he makes a ridiculous catch in foul territory, hits a home run. It's like, whoa, this, and that was, he was a teenager then. I mean, seeing those guys and, and doing things that they do at such a young age is um, I think one of the great things, and you guys know from watching the prospects in the Arizona Fall League, yeah. um, that kind of stuff is what really, you know, you take a lot of uh, enjoyment in and saying, yeah, I remember those guys back in the day, and you know, Vlad Guerrero Jr., who uh, uh, unfortunately won't be there this year, but um, seeing guys like that, especially when they're taking batting practice and uh, and just hanging out on the field and and doing things, that's really cool. Yeah, you know, actually, if, uh, if one of the memories I have was not just because of this, but was the Joey Gallo, Chris Bryant one. And that right. one stood out to me, not just because Joey Gallo, like, you know, hit a car, but it was actually because Gallo had overshadowed Chris Bryant in that one. And I mean, Gallo was kind of the star going and people were kind of really focused on him and his power and what he did. And it's just so interesting, like, you know, the names that are involved there. Okay, so... That is going to be very cool. And then what about uh, game time? What's uh, any specific plans, any specific players, or just to see where it takes you? Yeah, um, just uh, just to check and see you know, how, who performs well. And, and guys, I'm looking at players who might get the call later on this year. You know, some of those, those players um, tried to think, you know, Alex Verdugo last year got a call to the majors. Um, some other guys, uh, Derek Fisher got a call last year went from the from the futures game to play in the major leagues you know guys like that those are the ones that i'm i'm kind of watching to see if you know maybe we could be looking at uh, somebody who could make a difference in a fantasy league come you know august and september so that's kind of what i'm going to focus on there and and those guys that have that potential to be in the majors later on this year that is very cool, Bobby. I like them miking up the guys. Like you remember a couple years ago when Bregman was miked up when he did all that awesome stuff in San Diego. That was a fun game to watch. Yes, most definitely. And uh, the, I, I think the Major League Baseball is getting a little bit more um, open to some of those things. I mean, if, you know, last year talking about the the All Star Game itself, the the little Nelson Cruz selfie, you know, all those sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind that. I really don't. I think it should. I mean, be, if you're ever gonna do game. it, if you're ever gonna do it, the All Star Game is the time to do it. Like if you're if, if you're ever gonna do any of that weird stuff. So, exactly. and my my favorite uh, All Star memory was when I was in Kansas City and they were just booing the holy crap out of Robbie Cano, and uh, <laughs> uh, because he didn't invite Billy Butler to the home run derby, even though he said he would, and then he went on to hit zero homers. He actually fouled a couple back up to where I was sitting. I thought that was pretty funny. So, Well, one thing I would be curious about, especially if he gets bombarded with these questions, I want to start off <clears throat> with actual questions here. And what do we do with this lost Bryce Harper season? Now, I'm being a bit dramatic when I say it uh, as far as lost, because statistically, in his stuff and things, you know, the other measurables, they're still adding up. The average is atrocious. He just looks like a different player and not a top five player like we would have drafted him. I imagine there's going to be conversation. Someone's going to ask him, hey, Bryce, how does it feel to hit 219 or whatever he'll be hitting at the time and being a starter in the All-Star game? But he feels like he's been one of the most up-and-down players over the last four years. So I'll start with asking you, do you believe he is going to turn it around this year? I've kind of been in the hopes that he would and can 
but it's really starting to look a little bit dicey that he's going to be able to have a true, true turnaround. So talk to me about Bryce Harper and your feelings on him rest of season. Yeah, I know. From, from last year, the batting average, uh, it's actually 100 points lower than it was oh. at the end of last season. I mean, that's a huge gap. And I think part of it is some of the, the batting average on balls in play. Uh, he's, he's like at 230 for his Babbitt for this season. That's something that's got to get better. Uh, but that said, you're also seeing teams shift a lot more on Bryce Harper. He's hitting the ball that he doesn't hit over the fence. You know, he's still got all the home runs, but he's hitting the balls that he isn't hitting over the fence into the teeth of that shift. And I think, you know, that gives him a little bit of a, you know, a mental block, I think, because it seems like to me when Bryce Harper is on his game and is, and is doing everything well, as we've seen before, He'll go the other way an awful lot, and that it's just effortless power the other way. He's not doing that this year, and although the home runs are coming, as I said, it's still at the expense of those singles and doubles, and I think, I'll tell you what, I think he will be able to turn it around. I was at the game um, on Saturday night at Nationals Park against the Marlins when they scored those 18 runs, and Harper wasn't trying to do anything too much. I think he was three for three with a walk. So, I mean, it, it, he was kind of easing back into it, I guess. It was one game. Maybe it's uh, an anomaly. But I still think he's too good a hitter, and the team is too good for him to struggle and the team to struggle as much as, as we've seen in the first half. So, yes, I'm, I'm in favor of a Bryce Harper turnaround. The on-base percentage is still very high. The slugging percentage is still good. It's just he needs to get the rest of the game that uh, we're not seeing from him. That's, you know, the base hits and really steal some bases too, but it uh, doesn't look like those are going to come back anytime soon. So that, I, and Steve, you mentioned that BAPIP is 126 points lower than it was last year. He's 356 last year, down to 230 ooh. this year. And I'm looking, and he's actually hitting worse against no shift, 182 versus 244 against the shift, which is crazy to me. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. Uh, and that's that's one of those things that you really can't explain logically. So you have to feel like that because he's so talented, there's got to be a way to turn that around. So let me ask you, because I've got a, a rest of season that I want to pair you against. But when we talk about something like that and we talk about, OK, the return is coming. If you're a buyer and you're looking at buying on him. Is there a dollar percentage? You know, we always say to use like 90 cents on the dollar, 95 cents on the dollar. Like, how about this? You have um, an offer come in. You get Bryce Harper to trade Javier Baez. Would you do that? Redraft rest of season this year. Yeah, if if uh, position is not an, an object in that, um, I would do that. I would trade. I would trade for Harper and give up Baez. I, I would do that. Yes. Okay. Then let me pair you with this rest of season one uh, with, this is a guy that we're kind of assuming is going to end up being probably the right in all-star guy rest of season. Who would you rather have Bryce Harper or Giancarlo Stanton? Very similar numbers, but a surprisingly much better average from Stanton. So who would you rather have rest of season? I would, I would take Stanton there just because I'll tell you that the Yankees lineup and being in the American league where you don't have the pitcher hitting, um, you're able to turn that roster or turn that lineup over more frequently. I think for that reason, Stanton's going to be more valuable. And, you know, as, as we've seen, 
um, the batting average. I think Stan's going to hit for a better average and and would hit for a better average at the beginning of the year than than Harper would. Kyle Tucker, Steve, got called up by the Astros. We've seen some very successful rookies. I think speaking of the Futures game, I, I believe it is, what is it, 43 players Juan Soto is younger than from the yes. Futures game oh roster. Is that real? Wow, it's what a, a true number. Thing. Yeah. And, yeah and out of 50. Yeah. Out of 50, <laughs> yeah. 43 guys he's younger than. It's just insane. Um, do you think that Tucker is a must-own, and what do you kind of expect for him moving forward at this point through the rest of the season? Yeah, I wrote a little bit about him in the waiver wire article that I, that I put up for USA Today this week. And my thought is, for those, I think obviously in AL only leagues that uh, that have farm drafts and stuff, of Tucker being one of the top prospects at the beginning of the year, probably owned in most of those. So the question is, how much stock do you put um, on him in a mixed league? And I'll tell you what, I think that job is wide open. We saw the Astros go through so many different left fielders even last year where they were playing marwin gonzalez out there this year we've seen jake marisnik we've seen tony kemp we've seen guys like that man that left field spot and nobody really take the job full time i think tucker's a guy that can do that you look at him you know in the minor leagues this year again just seems like he's making progress and getting better as the competition uh, level increases, hitting over 300, 370 on base, over 500 slugging, you know, stealing bases, uh, had 14 homers, 14 steals, um, all of that put together into one package. You've got a five category player here, and you have a Houston Astros offense that is one of the best in baseball. Put him in there. I, I liken him kind of to the impact that Glaber Torres has made with the New York Yankees. You know, he's a he's a very good player, and on any other team, uh, it seems like both of those guys would have had the, the focus put squarely on them because of their prospect status and all of the, you know, the expectations that go with it. Those Both of those guys, Torres hit ninth for a good portion of the year when he started off with the Yankees. You know, Tucker's hitting down in the lineup there in Houston, but the lineup is so good that... I think he can thrive no matter where he hits in that lineup. So, yeah, I think he's a guy that, um, you know, maybe even if you're in an AL-only league and um, Tucker's available, I go out and I try and get him, and I spend a, a few extra bucks because, number one, you don't know who may come over from the NL, but whoever does, it'd be hard-pressed to, to have somebody that will be as good as Kyle Tucker could be in all of those fantasy categories. So I'm, you, I'm really excited about what he brings to the table. I mean, you seem very excited. So let me ask you, let me ask you one real quick. Kyle Tucker or Mitch Hanniger for the rest of the season? Oh, mm. I mean. Wow. Um, I, I'm a big Hanniger fan, though. So <laughs> yeah. I, I would say. That drop-off last uh, second half of last year, though. I don't know. That's that, true. Would That's impact true. you at all? I think he had might have had an injury though, or been hiding an injury. So how about I mean, one like this? How about this? I, I mean, because I think uh, Hanniger—that's a uh, a tall dose for me. But follow me here: Kyle Tucker or Nick Markakis? Nick, Mar- Nick Markakis is not—he doesn't fill up the stat sheet. RBIs and runs—I shouldn't say that. RBI and runs—he has been there. Not much on the stolen base and the power. And, and the the only problem I have with this type of a question, even bringing up Hanniger, <laughs> is like you're not going to cut Mark Akis for him. This would be kind of a trade conversation. Mm-hmm. But I mean, does that does that switch anything or is it are we in the same place? Um wow. 
it's it's going out on a limb, but I'll tell you there. Let's just say this way: there is is at least a fifty percent chance that Kyle Tucker will out earn either Nick Markakis or <laughs> another All Star outfielder starter in the NL, Matt Kemp, in the second half of this season. I Over mean, Matt Kemp. I mean, Matt Kemp's having an incredible year. Uh, you know, one thing that's interesting about this: don't you almost kind of have to hedge your bets with how ro- the rookies that have come up this year? You, you get Acuna, you get Soto, you get Glaber Torres. We're seeing a lot of success. You almost just have to throw in the cards and say, I got to do this. This is another top-rated guy. I worry about the Astros a little bit, not even so much on a talent perspective, but they don't ever seem content with their guys unless it's, you know, your your main players, your Springers, your Altuves, and your Correas and Bregman. Outside of that, they're moving Marwin. Sometimes it's Reddick. Sometimes it's this guy, that guy. They had Derek Fisher was hot for a little bit. So I do worry about the Astros being maybe the biggest thing here, but... Do you, does that just too much depth? Yeah, there's a, yeah, too healthy, Lois. That's the problem with them. <laughs> but I mean, do you buy into that, Steve? Like the rookies have been so good, you can't keep missing out. You don't want to miss out. And obviously, you're in agreement that this is this is a guy. Yeah, I think it's it's worth the shot. And especially if you know if your team is back in the standings or something like that, you're not going to be able to trade for an all star player. But you might be able to get somebody that has that kind of upside. And um, and Tucker could be that guy. The one thing I would worry about with the Astros, though, is as you were talking about, they they like to move guys around, have a lot of versatility, and that could lead to some extra days off as you know um, Marwin Gonzalez plays at the outfield or or whatever they decide to do, um, just to keep everybody fresh because this is a team that's going to end up winning you know the division by double digits and uh, and maybe even uh, a bunch more than that. And um, they want to be fresh. They want to be able to have everybody uh, at 100% going into the playoffs. And it may end up uh, costing some of them at bats because they're resting. Okay, some bold claims. I like it. Um, Bogman mentioned the post All Star game with uh, Mitch Haniger. Your second half. I mean, we, we, you know, second half post All Star game, however you want to look at it. Could you give me a player or players that you believe are going to have the biggest all-star game second half drop. And if you think there are some rebounds that are on the way, you know, a a classic rebound, what we always look at is Brian Dozier, you know, Brian, the perfect example of this is Trumbo first half, Trumbo bad second half. And then you've got uh, Dozier bad first half, Dozier great second half. Do you have anybody Why do those on your guys, radar? Uh, speak like cavemen. I actually That's have a joke with uh, with this those guy. Those are bad. Well, all the you know, all the Orioles, they're just like they're just like a bunch of cavemen. Like, oh, Chris Davis hit ball, and and uh, Mark Trumbo hit nope. ball. And then when Ryan Flaherty was on the team, like, oh, nerd, nerd, Ryan Flaherty don't hit ball. <laughs> But yeah, that's what we t- that's how we talk. That's how Mark Trumbo talks to us. But um, those are knuckle draggers. Yeah, for first and second half, who do you think's fallen off? Who do you think might be able to rebound? Mm, let's see. I, I, I it's because of injuries, I, I think of Adam Eaton as somebody who's had uh, just a, a mediocre beginning because he hasn't played a whole lot. And um, how many second half games will he play? Twenty five, thirty. I'm. I'm semi-confident that he's going to be able to do that. Um, but um, I, I think he's one of the guys that, that might be another one of those players that you can kind of pick up low, you know, buy low and potentially ride him to, uh, to better things 
in the second half. Um, let's see. Other guys that uh, I feel like you insinuated he- Matt Kemp as a drop off second half. If you're saying like maybe that's something I should have followed up with when you said you think a guy like Kyle Tucker could outperform a Nick Markakis and a Matt Kemp. Is that more about his talent or is that also saying that like some of these guys are we, we are in for some regression? Well, and and we talked a little bit about uh, Adam Eaton's injury history. Matt Kemp has a pretty significant injury history, too. So, I mean, that's one of the things that uh, I, I think um, he's he's been very fortunate in, in getting into a situation where he's been playing every day and has been physically able to play every day. Um, that may not be the case in the second half. So, obviously, he's been playing better than he has in several years and the Dodgers just have some weird voodoo, though, don't they? Like Max yeah. Muncie is ma- amazing with them. Chris Taylor was uh, off the scrap heap in Seattle. Uh, you know, Matt Kemp was terrible. Then he left, and he comes back, and now he's amazing. Like there's something weird going on in LA, mm-hmm. right? I wonder where that could be in baseball. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it was it was the same sort of thing. Remember back uh, back a while ago, where every single rookie of the year in the National League was from the Los Angeles Dodgers. It was like. Right. Uh, Five or six out of seven years, something like that. So that that kind of uh, Dodgers devil magic or whatever is is certainly quite apparent. I like that. And Say Do- Dodgers, Dodgers devil, devil magic. magic. That's good. Okay, like so that. what if, what if I put a couple players that have just had incredible starts? We, we've kind of put some polls out about this. I think we did a, a Muncie versus Aguilar um, debate here recently. But if I gave you Jesus Aguilar, the Jesus, Max Muncie, uh, Blake Snell. Give me one more, Bogman. Give me one. Um, Mitch Hanniger. How about? Is there yeah, anyone better? Okay, those four. Whom do you think, or how many of them, are going to have a worse second half than first half? Now, I'm, I'm phrasing this in a real worse, because it's going to be pretty hard for Max Muncy and Jesus Aguilar to repeat what they did in the first half, but major fall-off. If you had to pick one, or you're allowed to do multiple of those f- four players that I gave you, who has the huge fall off? I think because of the lack of uh, track record to this point, Muncie's got to be the top candidate. Um, I think if we're ranking them, uh, I would say Muncie is probably the most likely. Um, Aguilar maybe next to that. Uh, Hanniger and Blake Snell. I think Blake Snell is is. Fabulous. I mean, yeah. he has done what he has done so far this season, and I was out on him last year too when he couldn't find the plate. Somehow or another, whatever mechanical adjustment he's made, he's suddenly he's able to throw strikes again. And wow, it, it's amazing to me that he was left out of that group of all stars the first time through when he has been, I think, close to the best pitcher in the American League, and he's faced the best hitters and the best offenses in the American League this season. You've got to go up against those American League East teams, and he has done as well as he has, what, 11 wins, ERA, leading the league. That's amazing to me. I think that the growth is real, and uh, we could be seeing a multiple all-star in in years to come in Blake Snell. I I really like what he's done. I love it. Steve, you mentioned uh, earlier, I, or maybe we were off air, but you did this awesome look at a full season stats from July of 17 to June of this year, 2018. Now, I think this is a great exercise to do just to see who's really been performing 
over the last year. And I want to know just a couple things. Obviously, the big things are going to be in the article. So go to USA Today and look at it. What was that about but a week wh- ago? It was posted up about a week ago? Yeah, it was in uh, USA Today Sports Weekly. It's the current issue. So it's, uh, it's still out there if you want to grab it uh, between now and, and then Wednesday. Um, that's Snap when the new one comes out. That's so. right. Snap it up. So uh, I, I want to know what are a couple things you can tell us? Like, what are some either interesting stats or some uh, telling things that you found super interesting when taking a look at all that stuff? Okay. Well, one of them is that um, in terms of catcher at National League, uh, we've always said Buster Posey. Buster Posey is is the number one guy there. You look at the stats, JT Real Muto comes out ahead in terms of his overall body of work, which that surprised me a little bit. But, you know, not only uh, the, the speed, but the ability to uh, to hit for power, to drive in runs, um, that was that was kind of a, a surprise to me. Uh, further on, Scooter Jeanette, and I know he made the all-star team, I'm, I'm way happy for him because uh, he's he's been the best second baseman in the entire National League over the course of the last year. You look at his numbers. I mean, we saw him with that four-home run game where he sort of uh, got into our consciousness. That was in June of last year. So his stats for the second half plus the first half of this year, that they don't even, even include count that it. game. Yeah, That's and he has incredible. More, more RBIs than anybody else at second base, had 109, um, and was uh, one behind Javier Baez in terms of home runs from a second baseman in the National League with 28. Um, that that was interesting to me, another eye-opener. And um, let's see, one more. Um, here's the, the other thing I'll throw out there. You look at in the American League about how many great outfielders. I was looking at guys that had both 100 runs scored and 100 RBI over the two halves. You have Mike Trout, uh, was was uh, was one of them? No, actually, Mike Trout wasn't because he didn't get the RBIs because he was he was hurt. But Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge, Andrew Benatendi was part of that group. Um, J.D. Martinez and Eddie Rosario, all of those yeah. guys, and um, all of those guys deserving of an All Star spot in the National League. You had nobody with more nobody. than 100 runs scored and RBIs over the course of that full season. Wow. You know, I want to ask you something real quick, kind of coming back to the very first thing we were talking about, Romito. We talked about this a week or two ago, and I stated that, first off, I don't think there is one single catcher that justifies a top 100 pick in fantasy next year. And furthermore, I think there'll only be one catcher that will get it, and it will be Gary Sanchez. What do you think about that? Are you in on any catchers? Do you, I mean, a guy like JT Romito, Gaddis is hitting homers. Uh, Posey and Contreras always kind of sit out there from a talent perspective. What do you think about no catchers in the top 100, but most likely drafters are going to still buy into Sanchez around 60 or 70? I think that's um, that's the better strategy, just because you know there's so much downside in catchers. And, and even as we saw in somebody who seemed like a lock in Gary Sanchez this year, you know, his batting average is, is even worse than Bryce Harper's. So um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's really tough. They take such a beating back there. Uh, I know that managers want to give guys additional days off so you don't end up with, you know, the Iron Men like Salvi Perez and, and, uh, and Pudge Rodriguez back in the day. So Should I think that's a very good strategy. Like, 
Steve, there are like football leagues that have tight ends get a point and a half for per reception or something like that. I mean, should we add something to these stupid catchers so they actually matter? Mm. Like, should they get an RBI and a half or you know a homer and a half or something? Like, I mean, I don't know what we, we could just get rid of them. We could just get rid of them. I mean, I'm I'm with that for sure. Ditch them like kickers. No, yes. I think I think it's on us as as fantasy owners not to overvalue them. I, I think when we look at when we're filling our rosters on draft day and we see that blank in the catcher spot and you feel like you've got to take somebody because you don't want to, you know, you want to take all your starters before you start taking bench guys. Um, I, I think if you wait and wait and wait on catchers and and I've done this before too, especially in two catcher leagues where you just play the roulette game during the course of the regular season and, and pick guys up off the waiver wire when they're hot, because at least, you know, when you're picking these guys up, they're going to be healthy for that week. That's it, what, honestly, that's what I've ended up doing. Jan Gomes, uh, Francesco Cervelli, guys like those have all just yeah. jumped on my roster. I like to take guys that, uh, especially in like only leagues, I like to take uh, catchers that don't play every day. That, but they're good hitters, like stupid Tony Walters. He always gets, uh, you know, he plays in Colorado and he gets matchups against righties because he hits lefty. So, uh, you know, I know that he's not going to be in there hitting 250 for the, or I mean, two, 150 for the majority of, of the week. So he's not going to really drag me down. And then when he does get in there, it's usually for a good hitting matchup. So right, I like exactly. I like doing stuff like do that. no harm kind of thing. Right, oh. exactly. Better than leaving it blank. Do um. I know you said taking Gary Sanchez. Do you buy in that no catcher deserves to be in the top 100 next year? I, I maybe maybe the top 75. I think I would be because Sanchez has that potential to hit you know 30 plus home runs, and there aren't many others that do. I think you can get a significant advantage, and I've gone back and forth on that. I will generally take. Um, you know, in two catcher leagues, I will generally take one guy who's going to get a decent amount of playing time and then just cycle the the other spot through with players off the waiver wire. Or an interesting thing, and I think you, you sort of alluded to this earlier, is that maybe you take the Tyler Flowers-Kurt Suzuki matchup, you know, uh, two guys on the same team. I did that in NL Labor this year with Wilson Contreras and Victor Caratini because, you know, I just figured that, uh, you know, if Contreras isn't in there, you know. Caratini's going to play a little bit, and um, and he's not a bad guy. He's not going to kill you. So maybe you just lock down one team, and don't worry about trying to uh, to pick two separate guys. Maybe, ooh, maybe we could also uh, kill two catcher leagues. Maybe this will be the death of them. Let's hope for that. <laughs> that, that might not be a bad idea. That's what That's I'm hoping for. Not be a bad idea at all. All right, last thing here. Let's uh, take our minds to the All-Star game, but let's flip it to fantasy like we would always do. And let's create the Steve Gardner Fantasy All-Stars. I feel like that could be like a video game. That'd be like, you know... Uh, uh, Steve Gardner Fantasy All-Stars. Yeah. 1999. Can we get one of those phone companies to make one of those like dollar games? You know, it's like a little flip your finger. <laughs> ba- like Steve Gardner's <laughs> Fantasy All-Stars. I think that would be a fantastic game. I love it. Ah, yeah. Okay, yeah, there you go. Residuals. <laughs> so with this, you are more than welcome... To put in a write-in candidate here, I'm, you're more than okay. welcome to do that. Bogman and I will go back and forth, and we will um, give you different options of who we chose by obvious reasons. Now, the caveat for people listening at home and and for you, Steve, for everyone to remember is you have to balance out 
where a player was taken and what, how they performed, and you should consider the other end of it. So the prime example is Mike Trout. Mike Trout, guess what? Spoiler alert, he should make this list. But he's number one overall player, but he's also the number one overall player most of the time. I mean, his where you take him doesn't matter. But you look at a player like... Uh, Jesus Aguilar or Max Muncy or something like that. And those guys draft value maybe didn't even exist. You know, like it's, it's huge, huge returns. So all of those things have to be considered into it. And let's get to see who Steve Gardner's fantasy all-stars are. Bogman, I will start us off with catcher. I'm giving you two options. You might've already answered it. Evan Gaddis versus JT Romuto. And you can have a write-in candidate. Who is your catcher fantasy all-star? No, I think uh, both of those guys, and I'm going with Real Muto just because of uh, his across-the-board excellence, and uh, he's he's hitting for more power, I think, than I thought he was going to this year. Okay, there is your fantasy catcher, which that's a laughable uh, comment. Fantasy catcher. <laughs> First base, Steve. Uh, Freddie Freeman versus Jesus Aguilar. This one, of course, is just is interesting because of what the Welsh mentioned as far as you know Freeman going in the second round and. Uh, Jesus Aguilar being undrafted in most leagues. And I think Freeman, by the way, if I remember correctly, and I'm looking real quick, in standard 5x5, five five, he's the number one first baseman um, in the top 25. And Goldie is like 15 spots lower than him. Aguilar, this is Yahoo I'm looking at, doesn't count Sunday stats, which I think Aguilar did hit two more homers. So he might pass um, Goldschmidt. Aguilar's in the top 50, but Freeman is the number one fantasy uh, first baseman right now. So all things considered. Yeah, for me, no question, Aguilar is, is the big value this year. You know, he may be he may be on a short list for fantasy MVP for the first half because of his Ooh. draft price and the fact that you know he's hitting 300, uh, 22 home runs now on the season, um, over 60 ribbies, and from a guy that could have been had freely at the end of drafts and possibly had gone undrafted because remember the beginning of the year, we had all the concerns about, you know, is Ryan Braun going to move to first base because the outfield was so crowded. So right. Aguilar was one of those guys that was a, a way, way, way afterthought. Is uh, Jesus Aguilar versus Anthony Rizzo a ridiculous question for the rest of the season? Steve? Oh, I don't think so. Uh, oh, it's not, so. huh? Okay, well, weigh, weigh in on some comments, some polls that we put out earlier, because <laughs> apparently some people thought that. Now, I do like that you, you put a preference in there, because I think there are some people, and I totally acknowledge in this conversation, that are going to take the lowest valued, the lowest drafted player every single time and say, okay, well, it's no question. But I think at the end of the day, let's also just not forget, yes, you may have taken a guy in the second round. It doesn't mean they're not the most valuable player, even though the cost was a second round. In this case, Freddie Freeman has been elite, but Jesus Aguilar by Monday morning, it might be the number two guy and zero, zero investment. So that makes sense for him to be the uh, Steve Gardner first base fantasy all-star. I like it. Second base. We've got a triple threat match. And again, you're always welcome to write in if you have somebody that you believe needs to be the guy. We have Jose Altuve, who has always been the top guy. I don't believe he is ranked as a top guy. Versus Javier Baez versus Ozzie Albies. So all of them coming at different costs. I do believe Baez was probably the cheapest. Altuve, obviously the most expensive. And Albies has uh, definitely had the most hype. So what do you think? Who is Steve Gardner's second base fantasy all-star? All right, I'm. I may have to go into that write-in mode because, well, Javier Baez. Maybe, maybe we can save him for for shortstop because 
I think a better buy than than any of those two or any of those three guys is Scooter Jeanette, my man. Um, I still think he was further down in my rankings at the beginning of the season. I mean, I was high on Albies. Um, I really liked him and I liked his upside, but he was Jeanette was still uh, one of those unknown things because he hadn't done it for more than a half season. And I think this year he's proven that he's legitimate and. You know, those stats I was just telling you over the past full season, 109 RBIs leads all second baseman. That's good enough for me. I think uh, I think he deserves to be a Steve Gardner all-star. Right. <laughs> yes, I love it. That was such a good plug, damn it. See, that was so good. All right, there you go. Your second base, Steve Gardner, fantasy all-star. He's got way more than Robbie Cano. Yeah. Uh, how about a third base, Steve? We got Jose Ramirez versus Nolan Arenado. Two, uh, you know, first, second round guys versus Max Muncy, who is another guy like Aguilar, who was off the scrap heap and uh, has been performing uh, with his Dodger devil magic. Yeah. And Ramirez, right. the number one third baseman, I believe, uh, value wise and second round Arenado, first round. He comes in, I think, too. Muncy's a little bit down the list, but, you know, Muncy's been Muncy. He's Muncy. Yeah. Right. Yes, he, he has been money. Money Muncy. Yep. Money Muncy. Oh. I like it. Uh, I st- I still I uh, have to go with Jose Ramirez. I mean, he is just so good, and you know the the average is so high. The runs scored, the RBI, stolen bases, even. I think he's got more stolen bases this year than he had all of last year. It, he's gotten better, and he's he's younger than Max Muncy, believe it or not. And it's just that uh, you know Jose Ramirez has has been I I think uh, a regular. MVP, not just a fantasy MVP candidate, but a legitimate uh, American League MVP candidate so far this season. So I'm I'm all in on Jose Ramirez. Yeah, I'm actually one very exciting offseason uh, conversation is going to be where Jose Ramirez belongs in fantasy, you know, because I feel like Jose Ramirez is going to he's going to creep that conversation to people of like, hey, do we take, you know, could I take Ramirez over Trout? And we're going to be like, nah, don't do that. But like, he belongs up in that conversation. All right. Uh, shortstop for the Steve Gardner shortstop fantasy all-star. We've now got a four-way match because we have transferred Javier Baez over to shortstop. Your uh, opponents are Francisco Lindor, who sparked a big conversation and poll with the, the what was it? Uh, Bets versus Lindor on Twitter. You've got Lindor, Trey Turner, Gene Segura, who's hitting four hundred billion versus Javier Baez. So all of the Lindor, the top. Oh, actually, turn to the top guy. Lindor, second round. Segura probably fifth or sixth. Baez probably eighth or something like that. Who is Steve Gardner's fantasy all star at shortstop? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm going to have the right in again, guys. I I think <laughs> Javier Baez deserves to be that guy. You know, because you have such excellence, and I would be. Uh, you know, if I had my pick of anybody. I would take Francisco Lindor. I think he's going to be a first-rounder next year. I think um, Jose Ramirez is going to be a first-rounder, maybe even toward the the front of the first round. But um, in terms of value for this season, again, Baez, to me, has made that kind of a leap now that um, that he's he's hitting for home runs, he's driving in runs, hitting for average. You know, that's not the Javier Baez that we saw back in the Arizona Fall League many many years ago and in spring training who was swinging for the fences all the time. Um, this is a guy that is, has matured now. And, uh, and I think for what, again, we were paying for him at the beginning of the season and for what his production has been so far during the season, I think he goes uh, over all three of those guys in terms of value. 
Mm, I love it. Never forget <laughs> how much I love Javier Baez Bogman. Just never forget. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not. I was my big thing with stupid Baez was always with the, you know, what uh, Madden was going to do like that second oh. base spot, and and that also does bother me. How much you like him? Yeah. So uh, you got to pick three outfielders here, Steve. So we got Trout. J.D. Martinez, Betts, and I know it's going to be hard to pick against any of those guys, but we're sneaking in uh, draft average here, too. Eddie Rosario, who you mentioned before, has been amazing. Mitch Hanniger and Matt Kemp, who and you're any, not keen on his second half. And any write-in guys that you might want. And, or, and any other outfielder write-in. Hmm. All right. Um, I, number one, J.D. Martinez has been amazing, and it doesn't matter where he's playing. I mean, there were some folks that said that, oh, well, his power is going to go down because it's going to be harder for him to hit to the opposite field and hit home runs in Boston. Blah, blah. You know, nope. Forget that. <laughs> uh, batting average, again, um, fantastic batting average for somebody that hits for the, the power that he does. So he's in there. Um, I'll tell you. I'll repeat. We got Trout, Betts, Martinez, Eddie Rosario, Mitch Hanniger, Matt Kemp. And there are other, I mean, if I wanted to throw out, if you're not thinking values, just letting you think here for a second. You got Judge, Benintendi. Though there's some other guys, Nick Markakis, but I don't think fantasy, you'd put him in there. Nah. So. No. <laughs> the Welsh hates Markakis I just, so his, much. Yeah, he's, he's just I, I'll tell you what. Um, I think that people were kind of on the fence about Mookie Betts after last year. You know, the the bad batting average, and uh, people weren't as high on him as they were the season before. So I, I think I would put Betts in there with J.D. Martinez and give you a couple of Red Sox. And then... Are you not going to put Trout in? Last one has been in? Are you not so going to put Trout in? Um, I mean, we know how good Mike Trout is. and it doesn't mean he's not I, worth I, I it. Think sometimes the obvious pick is the right pick. It is. It is. Um, I'll tell you, if, if anybody out of the group, I think Rosario might be. But if if I'm picking Rosario over Mike Trout, um, <laughs> that's kind of silly sounding. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to go. You know, if, if I were spending money uh, on these guys in a retro league and, and you get the stats, um, I, I'd want to spend up in the outfield and just get those big guys and look for values elsewhere. So I will say yes, definitely take Mike Trout. I was about to say, yeah, you're you're building like a, a really fun looking like uh, um, auction team. Like you're you're like, all right, I got cheap on my infield, I got one star, and then I got the big money on the outfield. Okay, so Martinez, Betts, Trout, totally makes sense. Uh, this All Star team is really shaping up here. Uh, two more with the pitchers, starting pitchers. Pick three. I'm going to give you some guys you can write in. Anybody: Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, Blake Snell, Trevor Bauer, Verlander, Sale, Degrom. Those are all the obvious names I kind of thought of. There's probably some others that you can pick from. Who are your three? All right. Um, we talked about Snell earlier. I think he's got to be on that list. Okay. Um, in terms of consistency, I've got to put Max Scherzer there. He's the yeah. guy. The one player in the major leagues that I enjoy watching play, and I get a chance to do that in the uh, D.C. area more often than not. Saw him on Saturday, and uh, he wasn't at his best, but I love the way that he competes, and he's always out there. So Scherzer's got to be. I remember when he was a Diamondback, the Welsh, and we used to be able to go watch him. Yeah, I remember talking. I, I remember talking with Max Scherzer. I remember us and like his weird eyes and his weird eyes, but he was just like. Too nice of a guy, super cool, and uh, and now he's just... It was before just, anybody knew him. He nope. was just a big goofball. Yep, and we're all excited to see him, and now he's the best pitcher in baseball. Yep. Okay, so last and, one, uh, Snell and Scherzer. The last and... one, I'm going to go... Um, 
it's funny in my preseason rankings i had both blake snell and trevor bauer in the upper 40s among starting pitchers that you know that looks laughably low now but uh, but again bauer i think deserves to be in that group as well if we're picking three pitchers i'm gonna have to include bauer because he's been able to take that next step and uh, i think there was some concern about consistency about uh, whether he was thinking too much he was too cerebral in his uh, his pitching approach but he certainly put it all together this year and uh deserves to be an all-star and certainly deserves to be a Steve Gardner all-star as well. Uh-huh. Well, do you remember when we had Trevor Bauer on the Diamondbacks? Do you remember that do. when the Diamondbacks <laughs> drafted him? Wow, how many Diamondbacks can we put on this list? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Last one, Steve. Remember we is... had J.D. Martinez, Bogman, as yeah, a Diamondback? Remember when we had J.D. Martinez? The yeah, Wells? That was a great him. time, wasn't yeah. it? Um, uh, last one, the closer. We got Edwin Diaz versus Blake Trinian versus Sean Doolittle. And uh, are you going to Homer out? Um. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I feel like you should start with uh, we we did pull your clip by the way where you did your Yosemite Sam. Oh, oh, I hate, hate really pitchers. Yeah, you should probably <laughs> do that before you make your pick. I'm just setting you up for the the, the listeners. You got to do it. For or the you people. could do a new one and say how much you hate cl- uh, catchers. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's true. But uh, no, I th- I think I, I go back to it, uh, and and I always I have felt this way for a long time. But oh, I hate relief pitchers, and so uh, I've got to make a choice. Though. You know what? Here's the thing. I, I could be a homer and, and take Sean Doolittle, but I could also be a homer and take former national Blake Trinan. Yeah. And um, I think that's the way that I'm going to go. You look at Blake Trinan's ridiculous stuff. I mean, uh, every time Pitching Ninja is showing a gif, it's Blake Trinan, it seems like, doing something ridiculous with a baseball. So um, amazing earned run average. Saves are just routine for him, sometimes more than an inning. I think Blake Trinan is is the closer this year, and uh, hopefully you got a, a piece of him at the beginning of the season because it's certainly paid off. I just want to mention this real quick because, uh, uh, you know, Steve made such a great point. Our guy Cornell just posted this. This is uh, Alex Fast on Twitter, at AlexFast8, tweeted out, Blake Snell is the only pitcher in 17 years to lead the AL and ERA in the first half and not be an all-star. The last pitcher to accomplish this, Pedro Martinez. Wow. It's a good, good company. That's a yeah, it's very good company. There you go. Those are Steve Gardner's Fantasy All-Stars, Real Muto, Aguilar, Scooter Gannett, uh, Jose Ramirez, Javier Baez, J.D. Martinez, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Blake Snell, Max Scherzer, Trevor Bauer, and Blake Trinan. There you go. That is the set. And he is Steve Gardner. You can find him on Twitter, at Steve A. Gardner. Check out all the fantastic content. Go check out the full season article over at USA Today. You said that's still up. Any other things looming that we need to know about, Steve? Um, no, we're, we're just uh, getting back into the uh, the weekly chats and, and, and everything and getting into uh, All-Star Week. And, and uh, we'll have some special things, certainly, during the All-Star game, maybe even some video stuff up on the site. So, Watch out for that. I don't even know. It's so it's so secret. I don't even know what's going on. Oh, I like that. Well, can uh, let's make sure uh, November. Everyone should remember November for first pitch. We got to do like a like a live podcast or something, Steve. We got to all get get a round table and uh, do some podcasting, or at least you know go get a beer or something. Let's go do yes, that. or maybe both at the same time. Ooh, yes. I mean, now yes. you're talking my you're talking my. That's uh, the bag. ITL offices. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, that's right. right. Well, we we uh, we combined a podcast and a and a baseball game a couple years ago, so we can do it again. We can do it again. Absolutely. Well, we can upgrade with a double D. All right, uh, Steve. Thank you so much for taking the time out for us, and we'll talk to you soon. 
Bogman Welsh, always a pleasure to talk to you guys. All right, there you go. That is the episode. I love the Steve Gardner's Fantasy All-Stars. I want to play that game. I think it'd be a fun game. And you know what it would do? You know how like the, they have those opening sequence on video games? It would just be a Yosemite Sam, but with Steve Gardner going, oh, I hate those relief pitchers, and they wouldn't be in the game. You know what it reminds me of? Of like those little uh, handheld games. Not the phone games, but those little handheld games that you'd get like as a stocking stuffer for Christmas that you always like, you know, every dad had them and it was like their toilet thing yeah. or you, you would have them and, and they're your toilet thing. That's exactly what it is. As long as it's a toilet me thing. It's just... I mean, it's a toilet thing. Like now the phone <laughs> is a toilet thing, but you know, that was what, what, uh, what crapper game do you play on your phone? Uh, I don't a Twitter. I don't play any games. I don't have a single game on my you phone. You don't have a phone game? Am I a psychopath for that? I have no games, not one no, game. No, you're not a psychopath. You just have, I mean, it's probably better. Yeah, so. not one. I used to do the, um, what was the, clan, uh, Clash of Clans. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, not that clan. Clash uh, of Clans. Like, what clan were you in? <laughs> no, Clash that? of Clans. Uh, I did that like three years ago. I can't then, play those freemium games. Like those things, I mean, I know they're all freemium games now, but like, uh, th- there's plenty of ones where you can play it for a couple months before you would have to buy anything. Oh, that's how Clash of Clans was. But I would do like I had like some zombie games, and I did the I don't know. I did a couple. I just don't care. I, I don't care enough. And I'm just like, what's going on Twitter? Then what's going on Instagram? What's going on the group me? Honestly, our group me rooms have become the new game. I spend more time. All right, what's going on in the collector's room? What autograph? Okay, what a baseball? What what a football? What are they talking about? What's Club Thirty Seven? Oh, that's not safe for work. Like that's essentially, <laughs> you know, that's what happens. All right, that is the episode. Remember, no next Monday episode, but we'll remind you in the next one. Let's fill up that ball bag. Let's have a fun one going into the All Star break. Bag. Yeah, heavy, heavy bag. Whatever you guys want to do, uh, we'll shoot it with a paintball right in the nuts, and we'll answer all of your questions. We'll take a tiny break on the uh, the All Star game. Maybe we'll do something. I don't know. Maybe Bogman will do a live stream, right? Well, I'm. Right? When am I doing a live stream? Right? You just threw me game? under the bus. Or when the is that happening? The I mean, game? Maybe we'll see. I, I might mean, do one for the future. Don't promise game. me. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. We we do fun stuff. Uh, that's the episode, though. Let's get the hell out of here and not record again forever. Let's do that. I'll do that. Let's do that. Okay. See you. All right. Bye. Forever. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.